I am Doug Friedman. And I am Meredith Levy. And this is Insight Out. The edition where we talk about cognitive behavioral therapy. That's right. You've heard us say CBT many times, and this is what it stands for. And you actually, you say DBT a lot, so we should say what that is briefly. We should just explain everything. We're going to tell you everything in the entire world today. (laughs) Buckle up, it's a 16-hour episode. (laughs) (laughs) DBT is dialectical behavioral therapy, which is a combination of cognitive behavioral therapy and Zen, Zen Buddhism slash mindfulness. Mindfulness, yeah. And cognitive behavioral therapy, I mean, there's, you'll hear different terms like cognitive therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, and some of them... And just behavioral therapy. <laughs> right. I mean, there's, there's a lot of terms like that, and it's really about how uh, a clinician is using that particular approach. There are some therapists that say they do cognitive behavioral therapy, and they make you do homework every week and use a workbook, and you follow along, and it's pretty regimented. There are others that just let it infuse their style and how they look at things and, and talk to you about things. So let's break it down. Cognitive thoughts, right? Right. I think Behave- so. Behavioral, behaviors, actions, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so originally those were two separate or they still are. There's three separate modalities, right? Cognitive therapy, behavioral therapy, and cognitive behavioral therapy. Right. And the cognitive being the thinking, the behavioral being the, the acting, and the both is how uh, one influences the other. We call that the CBT loop or the CBT triangle, which we will have up on our website for you guys to check out. But the the triangle, if you think of the three points as thoughts, feelings, behaviors, right? And a very, very simplified version of it is our thoughts determine our feelings. Our feelings determine our behaviors and our behaviors will reinforce our thoughts. And it kind of just loops around like that. It's a very, very basic description. Yeah. So there's arrows in both directions, as you can see on the handouts. But so behaviors influence thoughts, thoughts influence behaviors, behaviors influence feelings, feelings influence behaviors. All of it goes in all the directions. Yeah. And I I kind of work with whatever you're feeling, it's valid as a feeling. Where it's coming from might be a thought that's not accurate or that's distorted, you know, and and that's that we talked about the CBT ways of thinking, the cognitive distortions, right? And those are our ways of thinking that influence how our mind works and then where our feelings come from. So a lot of times I, one of my favorite things to do for myself or to say to clients is check the facts. So facts versus feelings. Feelings are all valid and yet Is it a fact or is it a feeling? And sometimes our feelings 100% feel like a fact and they're not. For example, you walk into a room and everyone's staring at me and oh my God, they're judging me and they think I'm ugly and they think I'm stupid. And that is not true because you don't know that. And that is a feeling, not a fact. Right. And it's, it's unconsciously a way of thinking about those things. And that's those distortions that we think we know what they're, the mind reading, the fortune telling, you know, we mix all those up all the time, but it's 
a style of thinking that leads to that. And it reinforces something at the core. And it gets to, you know, we'll talk about this a lot too, core belief, you know, belief that you might hold for yourself that's getting reinforced by how you're thinking about something, how you're feeling about something, and then how you act on it. If you walk into that party and everybody's looking at you and you think, ugh, I look ugly, I am ugly, no mm-hmm. one's ever going to exactly. love me, you know, right. then it becomes more of a narrative about yourself that, be, that reinforces that core belief that usually it's, it's some version of, I'm not good enough. Exactly. So Doug, why is this so important for us to know? And why do we, I mean, you and I both work in this a lot. Right. We do. And for me, it's almost entirely about getting to the core belief and testing the fact of the core belief. And if we can do that, then we can change the way we think and process some things. And that will influence our feelings and change our behaviors. The people that look at, I just need to change my behaviors, are missing something at the core. That's where we've talked before about you know, the 12-step programs, which are great for changing a behavior, but they don't necessarily get to a core belief and give you lasting change. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. So I look for how can I help a client with lasting change, breaking a pattern and doing something different, creating like a new trail, a new neural pathway, a new way of thinking. Right. And there's a lot of different styles. And so, you know, just the behavioral therapists work on changing the behaviors and the cognitive therapists work on the thoughts. And those are all great and fine. And, you know, we just tend to do the combination because like Doug said, I mean, we sort of need or for us, we like to have both understanding our core beliefs and underlying things and what causes those thoughts to then change into the behaviors. And in order to change things in our life to give us a better quality of life, at the end of the day, we still have to change those behaviors. Sure. And I think changing behaviors is tough and you can do it. Changing a way of thinking is super tough and you often need help for that. When you can do that, it's easier to change behaviors. And it's, it's about really CBT to me, cognitive behavioral therapy is looking at when something comes up going, okay, wait, let's build an awareness because normally we just do things automatically. That's why those, those cognitive distortions, those ways of thinking are called automatic thoughts. We don't have an awareness that that's what's going on. We might become aware when we have a certain feeling. Usually it's one of those, I know you hate this term, Meredith, but negative feelings, <laughs> right? It's, it's one yeah, of those yeah, big, I get strong the, I get feelings, the idea. right? Right. You, you, you notice it when you have that happening. Or sometimes when you take a behavior and you get a reaction, whether it's your own reaction, like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. Or you see somebody else react to it in an in a often negative way or just a big way. We are working to kind of look at, well, let's bring an awareness to this loop and what's going on so you can understand not just your behaviors and not just the feelings, but the thoughts behind it and the core belief behind it. And maybe challenge these ways of thinking once they've become something you're aware of, right? Yeah, exactly. And that to me is the rewiring. You know, I have people talk to me a lot and say, well, I'm just hardwired this way. And, you know, okay, but the brain can be rewired. It just takes some work and it takes somebody that knows how to help you with that and how to bring it to your awareness and help you challenge it in a way that doesn't feel like 
too much work or like you're doing it wrong, you know? Right. And that's where I think DBT adds, there's, you know, the component of mindfulness. We talk about mindfulness as learning to control your mind instead of letting it control you. And I think for a lot of people, that idea is just so foreign. Like I can't control my mind. No, you can't completely control it. You cannot control the first thought or feeling that comes to your mind. You know, the thought being, oh, I'm so tired. I don't want to exercise. And then the next thought you have, you can control. You can say, oh, okay. Yeah. I don't want to, and I'm going to choose to anyway. And the next thought might be this automatic thought that comes up. And so again, it's constantly like you coming back again to be in control of the thoughts that come and the behaviors that come. Of course, we're always going to have these thoughts and feelings that come up that we can't control. It's just how much do we sit in them and let them run? Right. And how much do we punish ourselves for those thoughts? How much do we hold ourselves responsible and accountable for even having them in the first place? You've heard me say, and you guys have heard me say to Drew, the thought arises. You can't control a thought from coming up. It's what you do when it does come up. Right. Exactly. And DBT has a, a wonderful component, uh, not just of the mindfulness, but something called radical acceptance, where even if you don't like the way something is, that's okay. Right. And you have to learn to accept it for what it is and how it is. It's when we try to make it different and change it and change the way the world around us is that leads to our, our suffering, that leads to our struggle. You don't have to like the way something is. Like if, if you go into the party and somebody goes, oh my God, that dress looks ridiculous on you. And if they're talking to me, they might be right. But if they were talking to <laughs> Meredith, you know. They would also be incorrect because I don't wear dresses. I know. I was thinking, I haven't seen you wear a dress since you were like 13. Yeah. Um, I mean, unless it's a formal black tie event, maybe. Right. Which I go but to that, all the time. That's right. Uh, not anymore. <laughs> But Sad. It's something where if you can just accept that something is how it is and you don't have to like it, it makes it so much easier. When you try to make it different than how it is, it's almost impossible to do that. It's so hard to do that and not hold yourself accountable as well. Yeah. Right? And there's something called going that goes along with radical acceptance called turning the mind, which is so we have this radical acceptance. Okay. I'm radically accepting that I am on fucking lockdown and await till May 15th. That's great. Awesome. Radically accepting it. I don't (laughs) like it. It fucking sucks. And I'm accepting it. And five minutes later, I might have this like, nope, 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 not accepting it, not happening. I can't do it. I cannot do it. And so turning the mind means then, okay, it's trying to get back to that idea of radical acceptance, right? It's moving towards it. So then it just is going to happen over and over again. The word radical sounds like it has to be this huge thing. And, you know, a lot Mm. of times radical acceptance, I often use the idea, uh, the example of traffic, because I just do not like traffic (laughs) at all. Right. And so, you know, radically accepting, okay, you know what, this is how it is. I cannot control it. What can I do in this moment to make it not worse? I may not make it better, but how can I make it not worse? Right. And that's, I I use traffic as an example too, shows how LA we are, but I think there's traffic everywhere and not many people like it. It's when you, you know, 
pull up the GPS or you get on ways and you look at like, well, look, I could take these 32 turns and shave off a minute and a half. Like, let me do that. <laughs> and you create so much more anxiety doing that thing. Exactly. That's, that's, that's fighting something that's trying to make something different than it is. And add to that, if you, especially if you're with somebody and one of you was a little late getting out of the house, something we hear all the time or fights like that, like, oh, God, we should have left earlier. Well, if you were ready on time, we wouldn't have this. And that's, that's a form of, of beating yourself up for something. And what DBT also looks to do, not just the radical acceptance, but the compassion for yourself piece, which we were just talking about with Drew, Mm-hmm. that being able to go easy on yourself and recognize, you know, sure, things might be the way they are and we don't like them. And that has to be okay because we can't change the way things are for the most part. Right. And then there's that balance between giving ourselves constant justifications and excuses and, oh, well, that happened. That's, you know, too bad. I did that. I'm always fucking late and, you know, that's okay. That's, and it's not okay if other people are depending on you. Right. So not beat yourself up and also do better. Yeah. I hear it a lot actually where people talk about drinking too much, you know, and they'll say to me, Oh God. Yeah. And I woke up on Monday. I was just so freaking hungover. God, I'm such an idiot. Why do I keep doing that? I, I can't. And I let them do that because sometimes you need to vent. And then we'll look at, well, like what was coming up? What was going on? And it's usually I couldn't accept whatever in that moment of drinking a lot or whatever it was. I couldn't accept what was going on. So I wanted to just numb and get away or, or do something like that. Right. Or I'm just stuck in the coronavirus quarantine and I have nothing better to do. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's hard to sit with some of that. So we go to a certain behavior and then that behavior will reinforce something because then, you know, you feel even worse about it. You think worse about yourself. Go, oh man, it's the shoulds because you go, I shouldn't have done that. Right. And I hear that a lot. And I kind of like pause. We can do the thing where we test the facts and and we check the thoughts and we, we try to fine tune the core belief. There's also a piece of just having compassion for yourself and going, yeah, well, look, you might have had a decade or two of this pattern, of this coping mechanism, this defense mechanism. When I feel bad, I do this thing so I feel better. Okay. Well, let's recognize that that's something that you do and something that you've learned. That's that well-worn ski trail that you go down all the time. All right. We might look to shift that, but it's not going to change overnight. So give yourself a little break and have compassion for yourself. Don't give yourself a free pass to just go do whatever you want. But don't judge your judging. Exactly. So I think for me, using this, this form of cognitive behavioral therapy, really looking at our thoughts, our feelings, our behaviors. And when you get into that feedback loop, it can be a negative feedback loop where you don't even realize it, but you're reinforcing something that is a core belief that is probably not an accurate narrative, but it's been accurate for you for a very long time. So it feels real, it feels how you are, and we get stuck and we just keep repeating that. And by the way, the other thing is you mentioned when you said, you know, it can be a negative feedback loop. It can also be positive, right? That's how we do... Oh, you know, yeah. that's how we, you know, we don't want you guys to think this is all bad, but it's just looking at how to change those. You know, we can have positive thoughts, which lead to positive feelings and positive behaviors. Great. 
Totally. I mean, I, I've sometimes used my dog as an example. Beckett will go nutty when a delivery guy comes to the door, like absolutely nutty. And in the beginning, you know, when he was doing that, I found myself yelling at him like, oh my gosh, why am I yelling at my dog? Oh, Beckett. Right. He's actually doing his job. He's alerting me when somebody is invading our property, right? Right. So what I kind of shifted my thinking and tried to shift and change his behavior, but rather than telling him not to do the behavior, I was trying to look at what could he be feeling or thinking? Granted, he's a dog. It doesn't translate entirely <laughs> to us, but it's Maybe. close. What I wound up doing was recognizing that he was alerting me, thanking him for that, and then redirecting him by giving him a treat in the other room and thanking him for, for the alert. And then I would go back to the door and deal with whatever it was. Aww. So he's learned when there's a delivery guy he goes nutty to get my attention. Once he has it, he follows me into the room to get a treat. Oh, that's so he, cute. Right. He, he, changed, he changed his behavior. And it's, it's that it can be shifting a negative feedback loop to a positive. Yep, exactly. So I, I think of our job as a therapist is to recognize some of these patterns for our clients and see, okay, we can clearly, from our objective perspective, see their triangle of thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, and their core belief at the center of it, right? So can we disrupt that feedback loop or pattern enough to bring it to awareness to have them kind of check their thoughts, test the facts, as you said, and see if some of those core beliefs can start to shift, right? Exactly. I stress this to use Meredith's term, a hundred million percent <laughs> that it's something that you do together. It's not just a therapist telling you this stuff. It's why I say, you know, we do it with Drew in real time and you get to hear some of him figuring this stuff out as we go. I'm not withholding it, but I can't just tell him something and then expect him to change how he's thinking about things. I'm leading him to it so he can recognize it for himself and experience it for himself. Right. And that to me is, is how to use CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy effectively, is that you guys join one of you is guiding the other, but you're looking through it through their lens, right? Right. Also, just to let you guys know, this is just the tip of the iceberg with CBT and DBT and all of this. And there's so much more to know. We just really want to give you some basics and some resources because a lot of you have been asking about it. But, you know, just so you know, this is not by any means an in-depth look at it. It's just sort of skimming the surface. So you can see the the sort of the the loop and the the triangle and the CBT work in collaboration with Drew as we move through it you've probably heard some of it already but once you listen up for it for that thoughts feelings behaviors and the core belief at the center of it you'll recognize it and you'll hear us working on this stuff and looking to shift things which is pretty cool so look for it in yourselves find the resources on the website and Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back with a regular episode with the session on Thursday. And if you have a minute, please go to iTunes and rate the podcast and write a review for the podcast. It really helps out the podcast and your podcast hosts will very much appreciate it. That would be us. That's us. Doug and Meredith and Beckett. <laughs> and Beckett. We will talk to you in a few days. Bye. Bye. Bye.